Um, in response to some requests, we're going to be doing a series in anticipation of Yamim No Ra'im. But I picked something that I've never done before. I've taught the Akedah before, but never as a multi-part series and um, looking at it from different angles. Now, there's a lot of ways to do the Akedah in four sessions. One of them is to take um, different um, liturgical uses of the Akedah and see how the Akedah is used in Midrashim and in Piyutim and in Tfilot. Another is to look at the history of the Akedah, specifically in the context of the Crusades, where it plays a major role. Uh, a third way, of course, would be very straightforward, which is to look at the Akedah and study it through, guided by different Mepharshim, four times. Rashi, the Rashbam, which is a whole different story. Uh, the Ramban, which is a whole different story. You know, and to take maybe uh, Rav Dovitz Hoffman or Rav Hirsch, something, something a little more modern, take a little different take. Um... I'm not going to do that. For this first session, I want to look at why Akedat Yitzchak is the Kriyat Torah and Rosh Hashanah. Uh, and it's not such a simple thing. And it's going to open up some trap doors for us that will uh, we will be able to go down a little bit and leave open for further investigation. Anyways, without further ado, let's get started. This is Shior number one of a four-part series on Akedat Yitzchak. And the topic of this Shior is the Akedat as the Torah reading for Rosh Hashanah. And the reason I titled the Hebrew Hilchotayom Shal Rosh Hashanah is, as you will see in the first source, the first source is a Mishnah in Masachet Megillah. We're going to spend a good part of our time in the Sugyot in the third parak of Megillah, which, by the way, in the Bavli is the fourth parak. You all know that Megillah in the Mishnah and the Yushalmi, the third parak uh, and fourth parakim, and the Bavli switches them. Um, and there's a lot of interesting literature on why that's the case. But in any case, the Mishnah in the middle of the third parak, which is devoted to Kriyat Torah, says, "Bepesach Korin beParshat Moadot sheBeTorat Koanim." What is the Kriyat Torah in Pesach? And it's unclear whether this means all of Pesach or the first day. We read the section in Emor that goes through all of the holidays. Baatzeret Shiva Shavuot. On Shavuot, what do we read? Shiva Shavuot, which is written Re'ei. We just heard it a couple weeks ago, uh, which is at the end of Re'ei. Shiva Shavuot Tisporlach, which is about Shavuot. Uh, by the way, what do we do on, let's say, on first day of Pesach? What do we read? Remember? Anybody? What's our Kriyat Torah on first day of Pesach? Is it from Bo? Yeah, it's from Bo. It's Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Makat Bechorot. All right, what do we read on Shavuot? Aser te Aser. No, on Shavuot. No, no, I'm sorry. Yitro. Yitro, Achodesh Ashtoshi. Second day, it's a different story, but we read Bachodesh Ashtoshi. No, it'll come up in a second. Barosh Hashanah, what do we read? Bachodesh Ashvi, Bachadachodesh, which is in Parshat Amor, which is uh, the law of Rosh Hashanah. Now, the reason I'm mentioning that is, as we'll see in a minute, that there is a broad approach to Kriyata Torah, which is that Kriyata Torah on each Chag must be about the laws of that Chag. And the end of this Mishnah says, Israel, which is the end of that section in Emor, which implies either directly or by way of an asmachta that either Moshe himself made an ordinance or we're associating it with this pasuk to publicly read about the laws of the holiday on that holiday. And so therefore on Pesach, you have to read the laws of Pesach, and on Shavuot, the laws of Shavuot, and Rosh Hashanah, the laws of Rosh Hashanah, right, which is Plo Shofar, basically. 
Now, if you take a look at the Tosefta, you'll see an, an important expansion here, which is Shoalin Hilchota Pesach Pesach. This is not about Kriyat Torah. This is about the mode of teaching. Public teaching should be to study the laws of the Chag on that Chag. But at the central Beit Midrash, what we would call Yavne, uh, 30 days before the holiday, you have to start discussing the laws of Pesach. Famous Bachlokot, if it's two weeks for four, four weeks. Now, attendant to that, is Yom HaRishon, Yom Tov Shurishon Shepesach, Korin Parshat HaNef, Shibetorat Kohanim. Parshat HaNef is about the Omer. In other words, on the first day of Pesach, the Kriyat HaTorah, it's like the Mishnah says, is from Parshat Moadot in Emor. Ushar Koyimot HaPesach, Medalgin Minyanot HaPesach, HaKtuvim BaTorah. So the rest of Pesach, what do you do? You read sections about Pesach anywhere in the Torah. There's stuff about Pesach in Vayikra, and there's stuff in Pesach about Pesach in Bamidbar, and every book except Bereshit has stuff about Pesach. So you skip around, and but the imp- implication of the Tosefta is it's kind of up to you. Just make sure to read something about Pesach, right? Um, and Batzeret Shiva Shavuot, V'yesh Omrim B'chodesh Ashlishi. Notice that in the Tosefta, there are two opinions about what you read on Shavuot. One of them is what the Mishnah said, which is the laws of Shavuot. And the other introduces, no, we read the history, the story of Matan Torah, this, by the way, may be reflecting the development of viewing Shavuot as Man Matan Torah which is, of course, very late. That may be happening here. Now, Barosh Shana, in some of the Girsot of the Tosaf, that's Barosh Hashana, Barosh Shana, exactly what the Mishra says. Right, there's a yesh omrim that the proper reading of uh, of the proper reading on Rosh Hashanah is the birth of Yitzchak and what follows from there. Okay, that's the Tosefta, and we've now seen the both the Mishnah and the Tosefta on the reading of Rosh Hashanah. In the Mishnah, we saw one rule, which is the laws of Rosh Hashanah. In the Tosefta, we saw two approaches: the laws of Rosh Hashanah, or somehow the birth of Yitzchak. Which what does that have to do with anything? Now, the end of the very end of Masachet Megillah has this brighter, which is Mosheti Kenlem Li Israel, Shushualin Vidoshin Binal Nil Shalyom. This is an expansion on that Mishnah we saw. Hilchot Pesach Pesach, Hilchot Atzer Batzer, Hilchot Chag Bechad. And this is appended not to the laws of study, but rather to Kriyata Torah, meaning that the Kriyata Torah serves part of the function of the public teaching of those laws. Because, of course, not only are you going to hear the Torah's presentation of the laws, but anybody who gets up to explain the Kriyata Torah, as in like a public darshan, is going to then expand on those laws. So it serves that purpose beautifully, which, of course, raises the stakes greatly for us about Rosh Hashanah and parenthetically about Shavuot also. How come instead of the laws of the holiday, there is at least an alternative opinion in each case that it should be the history of the holiday? And when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, how does Pasham Pagat fit in at all? So now, I'm going to show you something. And again, like I mentioned, this may be one of the rabbit holes we may fall down. In the near the end of Masachat Megillah, in the Bavli, we have the following Brita quoted, um, which is um, which is a parallel to the Tosefta. Tan Rabbanan. 
And I put the, what I did is I color coded so that the language of the bright itself is blue and a little bigger. And the Gemara's comments are in black and smaller. Tana Rabbanan. Bepesach korin beparshat mo'adot umaftirin bepesach gilgal. Now, that means first day of Pesach, what do we read? We read from Emor, what we would call Shoro Chesed, the laws of the holidays. And the Haftarah is from Yehoshua Hay when B'nai Israel did their Pesach when they first arrived in Israel. Okay. And now there's a comment. Right? But now we have two days. Who's talking? Remember, the this is a Tosefta or Brita. So who's talking? So this is clearly a comment in Bavel. And in Bavel, here, now we do two days. So what do we do? The first day we read Pesach Gilgal. The next day we read from the story of the Korban Pesach that Yoshiyahu brought, brought, which is in Malachim Bet Perakav Gimel, uh, the rededicating of the, the, the Mikdash. And then the Breita goes on, What do you do the rest of the Pesach? It's similar to the Tosefta that said, you find other things around the Torah that are about Pesach. Mahi, so the Gemara comments now, what is that? Amar Papa Mapo Siman. And Rashi explains what Mapo is referring to. Mishchuk Chulachem, etc. Four different readings about Pesach. And Yom Tov Acharon Shal Pesach, Korin Vahi B'Shalach, Umaftirin Vaydaber David. So what do we do on the last day of Pesach? We read Vahi B'Shalach, and the Haftarah is David's song, because it's that song. Ulamachar, and this is a strange statement because this is still in Tosefta, meaning this is still in the Brita, which is still Eretz Israel, and they seem to be reflecting a later custom in Bavel, which is on the eighth day to read Kol Habachor and Od Hayom. That's exactly what we do. Now, Amr Abaye, now I'm, I'm I brought this whole piece because I want you to see that Abaye's role here. Ha'idna Nahug Alma Lamikre. Today, our custom is to read. My father taught me this when I was a kid. Meshach Torah, Kaddish, Pekasa, Apostle, Manbira, Shalach, Bukhra, right? Which is something of a nonsensical uh, little nursery rhyme, right? Pull the bull and sanctify with money. But it's a way of remembering me. Shukulachem, Shoro, Chesev, Kadesh, Li, Kol, Bechor, Imkesev, Talvet, Ami, Solacha, Shnei, Lachor, right? Bemidbara is Pesach, Sheni, Beshalach, and Kol, Bechor. That's a way of remembering the Kriot, Torah for Pesach. Now, Notice that's a Baye's edition. Ba'atzeret, what does the Brite continue? Shiva Shavuot umaftirim bechavakuk. Chavakuk meaning the third chapter, which is the final chapter of Chavakuk. Tfilah lechavakuk. Acherim omrim, meaning there's a second opinion. Bachodesh ashlishi umaftirim bamerkava. So what do we read on Shavuot according to this other opinion? Matan Torah. And what's the Haftarah? The Merkava. Now you can see how the themes fit. Because at least in the case of the Merkava, it's a description of a great revelation, and that that fits treyomi. And here's my question: Who's saying these words? treyomi. Somebody's saying them. Now that we have two days, we follow both opinions in the in the Brita, but we flip them. So that on the first day we read Bachodesh Hashlishi and do the Aftarah from the Merkava. And on the second day we read Shiva Shavuot, which is what we do, and the Haftarah from Chavakuk with our later edition of Yitzhiv Pitkam. Okay. 
Now, Berosh Hashanah, continuing with the Brayta. Bechodesh Hashvim, Maftirin Habein Yakir Li Ephraim. Ve'yeshomrim, Vadonai Pakar Etzara, Maftirin Bechana. Right? So, um, there's a Yeshomrim, that what do we read on Rosh Hashanah? And we saw this in the Tosefta. Hashem Pakar Etzara, the birth of, of Yitzchak. By the way, there's a version of the of the Tosefta that has the opposite. Berosh Hashanah, Hashem Pakar Etzara, Ve'yeshomrim, Bechodesh Hashvim. They flip it. But either way, there's two opinions. Right? And now we have two days. What do we do the first day? The Yeshomrim, which is Hashem and Chana. Is that familiar to everybody? That's what we read on the first day? What do we read the second day? And this comes out of nowhere. Because remember, what did we have above? We had above two opinions, like for Shavuot. And we said, and now that we have two days, we can do both opinions. And we happen to flip. We take the Yishomim first, and then the Tanakhama second. Okay. Notice what happens here. There's two opinions about Rosh Hashanah. And so what do we do? On the first day, we do the Yishomim, which is Hashem Pagarit Sarah and after Avchana. And Lamachar, what do we do the next day? Out of nowhere, by Elohim Nisat Avraham, the Akedah. The Akedah comes out of nowhere here. Umaftirin Aven Yakir which means we maintain the haftarah that was suggested in the Brayta for the first day, except we do it on the second day. And instead of a Chodesh Hashvi, we read the Akedah, which again came out of nowhere. So the question is, where is all this coming from? Now, before we go further, I just want to ask the question right here, Now that we have two days, in our day, now that we do two days of Yom Tov, which Yom Tov are we talking about here? Right here. Rosh Hashanah. Two days. Now we do two days of Rosh Hashanah. What does that mean? What do we do till now? They did one uh, sometimes. One day Rosh Hashanah. Right? Now, that means that throughout the entire Mishnahic period and the Tosefta, because in the Tosefta, they're disagreeing about what to read on Rosh Hashanah. And nobody suggests, well, we got two days. We can do both. Because there is no two days. And Haidna is in Bavel. In Bavel, now we have two days Rosh Hashanah, so we do both of them. And I'd like to suggest that this Haidna is a quote of Abaye. Abaye is the one who's saying Vaidna, right? Look at Abaye. Haidna Nogama, Haidna di Ketreyomi, Haidna di Ketreyomi. I think that's Abaye. It may be later than Abaye. But you're saying in Bavel, they didn't have the two days originally? That's right. And at what point is this in history? Third century, fourth century. It's pretty why straight. Wouldn't to, why wouldn't they have had two days then? Good question. Good question. Uh, this whole concept of here, if you want, Haidna, I can read a little bit generously and read not Haidna doesn't just mean now, it also means here. And it could mean since here we have two days yantif, therefore that da, 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 but that does mean, and this is a smaller statement, but still big. That in Eretz Yisrael, all the way through this period, they had one, one day of Rosh Hashanah. Right, which makes more sense. It makes more sense, but not exactly, because we have a problem. If you recall, there's a famous Mishnah in Eruvin, Rabbi Dosev and Urkana says that when the guy who's davening for the Omer on the first day of Rosh Hashanah says that, sanctify this day if it's today or tomorrow. And then the next day he says, sanctify this day if it's today or if it was yesterday. And Chazal Chachamim disagree. You don't make a tefillah like that. But the point is that they're picturing 
Davin, Rosh Hashanah Davening on two days. And it's pretty clear from the Mishnah and the Tosefta that the, the Kriyata Torah and all of the liturgical components of Rosh Hashanah are only on the one day. Just an interesting thing to point out, because Rosh Hashanah, as we all know, we have two days even in Yerushalayim. Right? So the question is how that happened. I just, like I said, it's a rabbit hole, I'm not going to go down, but it's uh, it's an interesting one. Oh, one second, but it can't be two days in Israel now that this that's when it switched? No, the, the statement is a Bavli statement. At this point, well, but it could have been representative for everybody, or you're saying um, probably not. Probably not. We have pretty good evidence that they maintained one day Rosh Hashanah in Israel for quite a while after this. Okay. Point out just again an interesting thing, but not our not our main point. I just wanted to draw your attention to it. But now the, the main issue, of course, is how did Akedat Yitzchak get into the picture at all? You know, it's just to review quickly. We have the Mishnah that says you read the laws of Rosh Hashanah. Like every other holiday, you read the laws. Tosefta quotes a Yesha Omrim that says you read Hashem Pakar Sarah. We got to figure out why that is. And then, and unlike what the what the Bavli did with Shavuot, which is to say, well, now we got two days, we can solve, you know, make everybody happy. Instead, it said on the two days of Rosh Hashanah, the first day we do the Yesha Omrim Hashem Pakar Sarah, and the second day we do Akedat Yitzchak. Why? How's the, where's that coming from? So I want to show you something before going to into the details here. I want you to show you Kriyata Torah on the, on the two days of Rosh Hashanah. It's right in front of you, page three. It's right from here. Hashem Pakarat Sarah all the way to Ma'acha. This is it. Except for the Mafter, this is the whole thing. Take this page, print it, bring it to Shul, save yourself some, uh, you know, leafing through Ma'achsar. But notice that it's all one story. So I'm going to make the following suggestion from the get-go, which is that in the Tosefta, the opinion that Vashem Pakarat Sarah was the Kriyat HaTorah Nosh Hashanah, it meant all of this. Vashem Pakarat Sarah and the Brit with Avimelech and the Akedah and the news about the birth of Rivka, the whole thing was the reading on Rosh Hashanah. And that then what happened is said, well, now that we have two days, let's take that reading and divide it into two parts, two sections. In other words, that the Akedah doesn't stand alone. That the Akedah is part of a larger picture, which starts with the birth of Yitzchak, and by the way, culminates with almost the death of Yitzchak. So it's like a full circle in that. But there's something much bigger going on in that picture, which then will help us understand why it was selected, it being the whole thing was selected as the Kriyata Torah for Rosh Hashanah. So to do that, I want to show you a couple of sources that are Midrashic sources about the Akedah, and then we'll double back and get to get back to the the larger story and and put it together. All right, the Midrash in Breshit Rabbah, when Yitzchak, if you recall, wants to leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Mitzrayim because there's a famine, and Hashem stops him, unlike Avraham who was able to go, Hashem stops him and says, Gur ba'aretz hazot you stay here, I'll bless you here, don't go to Mitzrayim. Rashi quotes this in an abbreviated form in his commentary on this pasuk. Hashem said to him, you are a perfect korban ola. Just like a proper ola, if it goes out of the precincts of the mikdash, it becomes invalid. It's a psul we call yotzei. So if you leave Eretz Yisrael, you're nifsal. And Yitzchak indeed was the only one of our Avot, who never left the land. He was born there, died there, and never left. But this is the point at which 
He's about to leave and Hashem stops him. Now, Rashi in his comment abbreviates it. And by the way, there's a whole study done on how Rashi uses Midrash and how he modifies the words or selectively uses them. Rashi says, At is beneath you. But this is a much stronger statement. This is as if to say you would lose your special status if you were to leave. Now, how does Yitzchak become an Olat How could Yitzchak be considered a Korban? So let's continue. In the Akedah itself, we have a later Midrash, Midrash Agadah. What does Avram name the place? He names the place Hashem sees. The drosha is, I want Hashem to see it as if. Look at it as if I actually shechted my son. And as Avram is seeing, and this by the way fits some other late midrashim where Avram begs God, please let me kill, let me at least shed some blood. Let me make a a, a mini shechita. Um, in other words, he's saying, why is this place called Hashem Yireh? Because your children are going to come later and say, Hashem, please consider as if, um, uh, as if you, as if Father shafted him and forgive. Consider Yitzchak's sacrifice and Avram's sacrifice and forgive us. In other words, the Akedah now becomes not just a momentous occasion, but it becomes the, the flashpoint for, for history, for all of the progeny. What is We'll find this again in another Midrash. It should be seen as if Yitzchak's ashes are lying in front of you and you forgive them. And now, out of nowhere, the Midrash says, this is why they said that the Akedah happened on Rosh Hashanah. Now, if indeed it's the case that the Akedah happened on Rosh Hashanah, we can sort of see the parallel between reading and the Akedah on Rosh Hashanah because it's events that are celebrating. However, we can't because Pesach is explicitly about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Shavuot developed into Chagmatan Toratenu. At no point anywhere is Rosh Hashanah considered Yom Akedat Yitzchak. It's not called that and not referenced that way in any, in any case. We have a few Midrashim that make that connection. But it, it's more, much more difficult to make that tie and to say, that's why the Kriyat Torah is Akedat Yitzchak, because according to one Midrash, the Akedat happened today. It's very difficult. And it fits in with the, the theme that we have elsewhere, which is why do we read about Pashem Pakarat Sarah, and why do we read Aven Yakir Ephraim, why do we read Hana? Because all three of those, Sarah, Hana, and Rachel, were remembered by God in Rosh Hashanah. So it's sort of the same kind of idea, but it's even weaker. But I'll show you how it gets stronger. The, in, in that same Midrashic collection, so late Midrashic collection on Vayikra, at the end of the, of the Tochacha, Notice the Pasuk says, I will remember my breed with Yaakov and with Yitzchak, and I'll remember my breed with, with Avram, and I'll remember the land. Notice there's no mention of remembering with Yitzchak. Yitzchak won't remember Zechira. Why? Yitzchak's ashes are always in front of God, as it were, 
And Tzorich Lamar's Chirash, Kfar Zachor Velmed, he's always remembered. Yitzchak's always in God's forefront of his consciousness, whatever that may mean. As opposed to Avram and Yaakov, you got to remember, remind God about that, about the land. But the, the presence of Yitzchak in front of God is something that's perennial. And now, to, to kind of complete the picture, there is a bright uh, in, in, uh, in Masachat Rosh Hashanah, a long bright uh, that talks about the, the different ritual actions we're commanded to do at different seasons and what the reason for them is. It's a beautiful drashah. Why did God say, bring an omer worth of barley on Pesach? Because Pesach is when the grain starts to grow, meaning it starts to be harvestable. So what did God say? You bring an omer to me, so that all of the all of the grains in the field, which is now the barley grains and then the wheat grains, all get blessed. In other words, at the beginning of the harvest season of grains, bring me some grain, and then I'll bless all of the grains. And this is difficult, but Hashem said, why did, why did Hashem say, bring two loaves of wheat bread on Shavuot? Because Shavuot's the beginning of the fruit trees harvest, the dates and the figs, etc. And therefore, and of course, it's difficult because is grain, but nonetheless, it's like HaKadosh Baruch saying, you bring these korbanot to this korban to me, this one little Quran, and I'll bless all of the fruit of the of the season. And now he skips. Why did Hashem command us? Whether whether it's asmachta, however it is, Allah but nisuchamayim, the libation of water on the chag. And this, by the way, this notion informs so much of what we do on Shavuot. All of Hashanah are informed by this idea. You offer up water in front of me so that I will bless all the water of the season, the whole re- the winter. And then it continues. It's all part of the same brighta, which is on Rosh Hashanah, I want you to declare these three concepts. Why? I want you to declare Malchut so that you crown me as your king. Zichronot. So that I remember you for the good. Meaning, what's going to raise that memory? The shofar. To which Rabbi Avahu does something interesting. Rabbi Avahu, who is a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan, so he's much later, he, he parrots the language of Rabbi Akiva and does the following. I'm Rabbi Avahu. Lama tokin Why do we use a ram's horn? On Rosh Hashanah. Notice, Amar Kodesh Baruch, it's the same phrasing. I want you to use a ram's horn. Now, this has nothing to do with when the Akedah happened. Saying, I want you to, to blow a ram's horn so that I remember Akedah Yitzchak on your behalf. And I will consider it as if you tied yourselves up and bound yourself before me as an offering. Now, in this Brita, and then Rabbi Avahu's addendum, which is critical addendum, the Akedah is not associated with Rosh Hashanah temporally. It's not as if it's the anniversary of it. 
It takes it out of reading Makat Bechorot on Pesach and reading uh, Matan Torah on Shavuot, because that's it's commemorating the events of that day. It's making it much, much bigger. Because what is the whole purpose of Rosh Hashanah? The Torah calls it Yom HaZikaron. And the way that that notion develops in Chazal is Yom HaZikaron is not a day in which we're supposed to remember something, but we're supposed to create a memory for God, as it were, raise the memory of us in front of God so that he will judge us favorably. And so therefore, what's the event, the singular event that we can point to as being the greatest act of valor and the greatest act of courage and the greatest act of absolute selfless devotion to God? It's the Akedah. And so all of these notions of Yitzchak's affair being in front of God all the time, and that whenever the children uh, come to pray to God, he'll forgive them because they remember Akedat Yitzchak is all tied in with that. It is the epitome of Zchutavot. And so therefore, when you come back and look at the, the opinion here, I'd like to suggest the following. That in the Tosefta, when it said, what it means is Vashem through the Akedah, because the Akedah is really it's really what the day is about. And then when the when the Brita says, now that we have two days, or when the when the Bali says, now that we have two days, very simply, we take that story and we tell it in two parts. The first part is basically about Yishmael, the second part is about Yitzchak. That's beautiful. We're going to have to next week talk about the two parts and how they relate to each other. But for right now, why is it that Akedat Yitzchak is even there as the Kriyat Torah of Rosh Hashanah? It seems that it's there because the way that Chazal developed the theme of the Akedah, the Akedah is the single most powerful act that stands for us as a merit before our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And this being in Yom HaZikaron, this is the time in which we want to bring our the memory of great things before our Kodesh Baruch Hu, so they don't remember us the Tovah. And so what we'll do next week is we're going to look through the entire narrative and see how the different parts combine to create the story of the Akedah. It's not just It's more than that. It starts earlier than that. So what we're going to do is we're going to explore the Akedah within the larger con within two contexts. The three contexts. The larger context of what we're looking at now, Hashem Pakarat Sarah. The bigger context than that, which is the context of the Avraham cycle. And we're going to see how the Akedah really is the culmination of the entire Avraham story. And then the Akedah within the context of Sefer Breshit. So um, taking a very big challenge for next week, but Amir Tashem will be up for it. Yeah, so uh, hopefully uh, we will meet again, meet, meet next week and continue with our study of the Akedah.